Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. All right, deep and wide. Let's open up our Bibles to Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We're going to land there. It is so great to be back with my Vintage Church family in New Orleans. I've logged a few hours in this place and uh, believe it or not was part of the design of a lot of this place and I just refuse to tell Dustin as I walk through this place what I regret. Uh, But there are a lot of things that I really am excited about and I'm thankful for and I can't believe how God has continued to move. The only way I can explain this to you guys like I'm at this stage of my life okay I got Bolt in the back over there He's 13, man. He's so tall now, skinny as all get out. Uh, you know he ain't a Wilton. I mean, he didn't get he didn't get the Wilton gene. He got his mama's side of the family gene. So he's so good looking. He got that from his daddy, and uh, we're so thankful for that. But uh, you know, as a dad right now, with a 13 year old, and the twins are about to turn 11 this next week, and uh, they're causing havoc up in Pittsburgh, tackling everything they see. And then my princess, Carolina McCall, who's my favorite. It's not even close. Uh, You know, in this daddy world, I'm so obsessed with them. I just am. Like, I just, I love them. I love being a part of their world. When it comes to, like, sports, McCall surprised us like crazy this past year. Uh, She decided, she's always been like this, this very, you know, dainty, sweet, I don't care about sports, daddy. I'll go and sit in the golf cart with you while you play golf. And, you know, when I bring the boys, it's absolutely stressful to the max because they want to hit with me. When my daughter came with me, she just wants to sit and read her magazine and play with her toys, and it's just heaven. And then all of a sudden, she decides she wants to play soccer. And uh, her mama played college soccer, and that little girl... She had five goals in one game. She, she came out of nowhere and started dominating, right? Showing all those Pittsburgh people how we do it down here, right? And so, uh, hey, look, I'm just telling you all that to tell you this. Um, in my joy in seeing, like, my kids, and I'm not trying to say this in terms of, like, you guys are my kids, but there's a second generation here. And, and, and please don't tell my, my church family in Pittsburgh right now, but I find so much more joy in getting to see God continue to work here without me here. It's weird. It's like this weird tension. I, last night as I was throwing down a Drago's charbroiled oyster, I felt like the, the word of God was telling me, Rob, repent and move back to New Orleans. You, you need to come back to this place, but we're going to talk about it. God's called me to this assignment in this season, and he's been so faithful. And to come back here and to walk these halls and to see how many more books Dustin has in my office, uh, to, to see the V-Kids and, and me and Bolt and Bray and Robert, we were looking at some of the pictures like, look, there's Bray and there's Ayler and there's, uh, there's Bolt and, and there's Burke, you know, and and to see the memories, and then to see what God's doing here, man, I'm just telling you, there's no greater joy in all my life. To, to just be welcomed back, to be a part of this, 
A lot of you guys might not know this, but every month, me, Dustin, and Brick are talking, praying, helping each other out, serving each other. Uh, I know a lot about what's going on in your life, believe it or not, uh, and I pray for you. Annabeth and I miss you like crazy. Uh, it is such a great honor to, to be here. And Dustin, I love you, brother. You're doing a great job. Can we thank God for Dustin Turner, your lead pastor? And uh, can we thank God for the whole staff, for Pastor Brick and Chris and Mark and Weaver's on some grand tour. You know, he's the next Billy Graham, so he's got to go travel and preach. And, and, and we've, got, we've got so many here. I mean, new staff and new people. And then some of you are like, I don't even know who you are. I remember last time I came back here, it was like fall of 2019 or whatever. Some girl, I don't know, probably you, you're, you're here today, introduced herself to me as I walked in and then showed me where the bathrooms were. And I was like, I designed those bathrooms. How dare you? Like, I've been asking for that statue at the front as you guys come in of me yelling. But they just haven't decided to spend money on that, which is probably a good decision. But, man, it's great to be back. It's great to be back. There's truly no place like home. As we talk about deep and wide, I'm just going to confess to you, I've already put that into practice. I went deep into some seafood this weekend, and now I'm as wide as a steamboat. I was doing so well with my diet, and then I landed in that airport, and the, the smell just hit me right away. Just hit me right away. Robert Hargrove, who was y'all's Worship arts pastor here for so long. He said the same thing, and we couldn't help ourselves. The moment I picked him up, we went straight to Acme for some oysters and some gumbo, and my boys are like obsessed with gumbo right now. Both of them said, we got to teach our mamas how to make gumbo like this, right? I'm like, boys, there's something about it. I think it's the humidity. It's the below sea level reality. It doesn't matter what we do up in Pittsburgh. It ain't going to taste like this. So y'all are just going to have to keep welcoming me back home. And uh, so my boys can enjoy some seafood. Let's jump into the word together. I do want to share with you greetings from our Vintage Church Pittsburgh family. Uh, we are so, so thankful for you. You have been faithful every step of the way. It sounds crazy. This August will be three years, three years. Uh, our church officially kind of launched January of 2020 with all of our properties finally ready and in place, and we got to enjoy a good two and a half months of that. And then I don't know if y'all heard, there was this thing called COVID, kind of changed a few things. And so, um, you know, we've had an interesting year and a half with a lot of different changes, and that's everybody. But God has been faithful. And uh, our Vintage Church Pittsburgh family, even as I met with a leadership team, they sent me off because I've been home way too much. Uh, I think Annabeth behind the scenes, one of the things she found out, because I've never really been home this much in all my life, she found out she'd rather me travel more. Uh, she's not sure if she likes me being home this much. Uh, but uh, they gifted me with the opportunity to be on the road for a month. And so I go to Florida next. I've been speaking to some kids up in Jackson, Mississippi on kind of a tour, uh, thanking some churches and, and being gone. And I want you to know that that leadership team had the contact information of your staff, because as they're learning, they're reaching out. I mean, Nick with our next gen, uh, he told me that our V Kids director up in Pittsburgh, they were on a call, Bethany and Nick and our V Kids director, her name's Corey, and they're just having some time. That's what it's all about. We're a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. And we are just so thankful to be in this journey 
together. Let's look. Psalm 119. You know, at the core, when I was your pastor here in New Orleans, I always said this each and every year. I had one simple job description. You want to hear it? Listen to Jesus and do what he says. That's it. I ain't really interested in anything else. I'm a big mama's boy. I'm just going to confess that. I'm not listening to mama and doing what she said. No, ultimately, I want to listen to Jesus and do what he says. How is that possible? How is that possible? At the core, the foundation of that is found here in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 9 through 16 says this, the word of the Lord. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate upon your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The word of the Lord. Um, I want to experience and accomplish great things for God. Anybody willing to say you'd like to do that too? Raise your hand in the house. Now, I need some interaction. Every now and then, you want to shout me down, say amen or whatever. The more you talk to me, the shorter I'll preach. No, I won't. Y'all know that. As, as your pastor for years, y'all know that doesn't work, okay? So actually, the more you shout me down, the longer I'll go, so you might want to stay quiet. Um, I want to experience and accomplish great things for God. How is that possible? Well, we have to listen to Jesus, and we have to do what he says. Now, listen to this. This can't be possible in your life. If you're like, Rob, give me the key to experiencing and accomplishing great things in my life, all that God wants to give to me, far above all that I could ever ask, think, or imagine. It is impossible without Bible reading and prayer. Everybody hear me? Oh, we got Pastor Rob in town. He's going to preach on Bible reading and prayer. Come on. I mean, in a time when Pastor Rob comes in town, let's talk about going to the nations. Let's, let's all sell everything and move to the foreign country of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Let's, let's do all. And I'm telling you, at the core, there is no possibility of vintage church without Bible reading and prayer. There's no possibility of you being a great husband 
without Bible reading and prayer. A great daddy, a great mama without Bible reading and prayer. This is so foundational in regards to what it means to walk with Jesus. If I could put it another way, it's impossible for you to run God's play without God and God's playbook. It's impossible for you to run God's play without God and God's playbook. You know this church, Vintage Church, yes, we are 13 years old, <laughs> the same age as Bolt, who just became a teenager. I got a teenager in the house. I mean, that is just so scary. Um, we have been through some amazing years together. And some of those years have been somewhat according to a playbook. We actually met years and years, and even Robert would be in a team, and we'd have a pastoral meeting, and we'd dial up some things, and some of those things actually happened. But I know you would never guess this. Some of them didn't. <laughs> some of them didn't. There were some unexpected things. There were some changes that came. There were a few storms that hit this area. There were some moments. I believe a lot of those moments were what I like to call divine appointments. And those divine appointments, honestly, are the things that I live for. Like, for example, when we first started going as a church, way back in 2007, 2008, I'm on Magazine Street. And on Magazine Street, God's birthed within my heart a call to plant vintage church in this city. After serving in this city pre and post Katrina, and my wife and I had led one of her co-workers to the Lord. She's a massage therapist right on Magazine Street there. And yes, it's awesome being married to a massage therapist. And so we lead this co-worker to the Lord. That inspires us to go and plant a church and live in Uptown. And one of the first things I did is I went on Magazine Street, and I went from business to business, and I would walk in. I made this little card, and I would say, uh, excuse me, my name is Rob. I'm starting a church in this area. I want to apologize to you for anything that a church has ever done to make you think poorly about a church. And God's called me here to this part of New Orleans to be a pastor in this area. Here's my card. Here's my number. If I can serve you in any ways, please holler. And so I started to get to know neighbors. I'll never forget eating at this one place, which is now Sukkotai. And uh, we're hanging out at this place. I forget the name of it. Brick will remember. Brick's our church historian, okay? He's been writing down all this. One of these days, I'm going to write a book and, uh, but I need some people to die because I got to talk about some people poorly. Um, so, uh, sorry, too, too honest. Um, and, and so, look, we're at this restaurant, and I'll never forget, I'm with a guy named Edmund Key and a couple others. I think Brick was with me, and I'm talking with the waitress, and the waitress saying, like, hey, I uh, just want you to know, the guy who owns this whole facility, he owns the, the gym, Temple Gym, and he owns the, the room above the gym. Um, he's here. And I said, well, I need to meet him. And so we get this divine appointment. And all I can tell you is that man I could still text to this moment, but that became the home of Vintage Church for many years as I got to know this man named Adam. I'll never forget uh, there was a business luncheon that me and Brick showed up at. And me and Brick show up with GNO Inc. 
and it's this business luncheon downtown at one of the hotels, and there's all these people, and I'm just so blown away. In this moment, I'm praying about preaching through the book of Nehemiah for our church. It was one of my favorite series we ever did. We actually preached it right before we built all this together. And I'll never forget, as I'm kind of praying and process, we go to this business luncheon, a man named Michael Hecht, who's the president of GNO Inc., gives this kind of like vision cast of the city of New Orleans, where we're going. And I turned to Brick. I said, Brick, I don't know how we're going to do this. I got to meet that man. Somehow he got me on stage. Um, I connect with Michael Hecht. By the end of our conversation on stage, he welcomes me to his office later on that week. Chris and our entire media team bring cameras, and I do a whole interview. After we do the interview, I mean, I had to buy a suit for this. After we do the whole interview, he looks at me, goes, look, I don't know if this is possible, and I don't even know if they're going to approve this, but I think we need a pastor like you on our next-gen council for GNO Inc. I said, well, I definitely believe that you need to do this, even if it gets you fired, but you need to have someone of faith because I believe as part of what you're casting vision of, Michael, in this city, you're not recognizing the work of the church enough in the rebuilding of this city. And I'd love to be a part of the future. Do you know how many Bible studies we've had downtown and hopefully when people start coming back and work in the, the hand of God? I, I see another divine appointment here. It's over here to my left. It's Miss Dottie Dupuy. Dottie, I love you. That's a legend of the faith right there. I don't know if y'all know that. But as we're serving God, God gives us a divine appointment with Highland Baptist Church, which is the church that was here for years and years before we became Vintage Church. And we stepped out and we started to pray together and we started to hear God call us to a partnership of becoming one family so that we could live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church together. You see, one of the things that we're always after, and I'm one of those guys, I'm always after like those divine appointments, those, those things that are just off script. Believe it or not, I'm way more Baptocostal than I am Baptist. I got to have the Holy Spirit, and I want those Holy Spirit unpredictable moments, and if I can just submit this to you, Vintage Church is where it is today, not because of just something that we planned. It was some extra things that came as we were in the plan. And I promise you this, there's no way that I could have clearly heard from God. Let's just talk about one thing with Highland Baptist Church. There's no way Miss Dottie could have clearly heard from God if we weren't reading the Bible and in prayer. We might have missed out on this. You see, this is foundational. There's things that we've got to have that are foundational. Pastor Dustin and the team, you guys are way more organized than when I used to be here. I'm a wing it kind of guy, okay? And so you guys have a script. If you sign up to be one of our V team members here and you sign up to be a part of our connect, there's a script. They'll tell you where to stand. They'll tell you where, what to say. They'll tell you all this stuff. But out of that play, we're looking for some superstars to step out. And if a conversation as you're standing at the door goes in and somebody really reaches out with a need, what are we going to do about it? 
Well, you're going to miss out on the need if you're not in the spot. Are you with me? Some of you are wanting something supernatural in your home right now. It won't happen unless you discipline yourself to get in the word and pray. It won't happen. This is foundational stuff. The mere fact that we're in Pittsburgh, my family, is as a result of Bible study and prayer. For when I stood up to preach the first sermon here, on the wall behind us was Jesus' words, I will build my church. At that moment, I was wrapping up my doctoral studies on church planting, and God had been speaking to me about going, much like the Apostle Paul, to another city to plant another vintage church. That wasn't something that came to me because of some Drago's oysters. Believe it or not, Pittsburgh was not part of my five-step life plan. God spoke. And he spoke out of Bible reading and prayer. Let's consider some things in regards to Bible reading and prayer. But before we do that, can I rewind even one more step? It is impossible for you to fully experience the blessing of Bible reading and prayer until you trust in Jesus. And so every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not done. Don't put your stuff away. I preach way longer than this. But see, I believe this is a divine appointment right now. Some of y'all have been coming to Vintage for a while. Maybe you've had a friend invite you today. We're not going to wait till Mark gets back up here to make me sound more spiritual. You know, when anybody plays the keys while I'm talking, it just sounds more spiritual. No, I believe there's a gospel moment right now. There's a salvation moment right now. Will you give your life to Jesus? Will you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead? God's word says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will you trust in Jesus right now? I believe salvation is here. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd say, Pastor Rob, right now in this moment, I trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Would you boldly lift up your hand right now? Anybody in the house? Come on. Give your life. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Man, that is so awesome. Anybody else? Thank you, my friend. You can put your hand down. Anybody else in the house? Jesus is changing this world one life at a time. Amen. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you that salvation is here today, and we ask for you to keep doing it again and again and again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about a few things in regards to Bible reading and prayer. I want you to know the first thing we need to consider doing, if this is going to be something that's important in our lives, is we need to read it. We don't need to... You know, I bought Bray and Bolt. We were hanging out in Jackson, Mississippi. There's not a whole lot to do in Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, we decided to go see a movie. And while we're waiting for the movie to start, we go to a Barnes & Noble. On the way to Barnes & Noble, we walk into an Apple store. 
uh, both Bolt and Bray, I guess they just think I'm loaded, asked if I could buy them iPads. I was like, I got something better for you, boys. We walk into a Barnes & Noble, and I bought them some legit teen study Bibles. <clears throat> and that's an honor for me as uncle and dad to, to buy them a, a legit, as they both turn 13, study Bible. I, I told them, this cannot become a coaster. This can't become a pillow. We got to read it. <clears throat> we got to open it up. I'm so thankful for Pastor Dustin over the years because I've got so much in regards to um, systematic teaching of how we can cultivate God's word, walk through God's word. For years, I've loved reading an Old Testament passage. I've loved reading a New Testament passage, a psalm, and a proverb every day. At different points, I ebb and flow. Right now, I'm all in the book of Acts again in my life. And so I'm reading a chapter in the book of Acts. Partly I'm preparing a sermon series, and I'm going to be preaching a series called Fresh. We're asking God for some fresh wind and fresh fire up in Pittsburgh. And so I'm jumping in the book of Acts, but I, I just love reading it. you got to read it. And Vintage Church here gives you a ton of resources, like He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth. We use that in Pittsburgh as well. There's some great things. Everybody say, read it. Read it. Turn to your neighbor that just fell asleep. Say, read it. All right, we got to read it. Number two, we got to meditate on it. <clears throat> we got to meditate on it. So as we read it, read it again and read it again for this word is living and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. I, I don't know about y'all. Have y'all ever like read scripture and then like gone back and read the scripture again and something different hit you? It's alive. We can meditate on Scripture. Um, listen, I, I, a couple of years ago, this was last season was my easiest season being the New Orleans Saints chaplain because uh, the whole thing was on Zoom from Pittsburgh. Okay? I, I hated I couldn't come see you guys, but even if I had lived here, Coach Payton wasn't letting me around the team. He wasn't letting anybody around the team. And uh, listen, the year before, it was the last trip I made to uh, New Orleans, um, and then I came back for a playoff game that... Unfortunately, we keep losing. And so um, we, we came back, but it was against the Steelers. It was the Saints versus the Steelers. I brought Mac and Burke with me, my twin boys. And we went for the whole practice on the Saturday before the Sunday game, and we got to see them practice. And then Drew gave me a little bit of a heads up. He said, I'm going to ask for the twin boys to come in for the last play of practice, and I'm going to throw a ball in the corner of the end zone. Do you know that Burke dropped it? He dropped it. I'm never going to let him live that down. I mean, drew through this perfect spiral, and he dropped it. Pathetic. And so anyways, afterwards, um, I, I used to love doing this. The team finishes practice. The whole field's open because everybody's going, and they're going to get ready and then go to the team hotel on Saturday night. And, and so I'm there playing with the twins, and we're just wrestling and running sprints and running plays and having the time of our lives. And then someone from staff comes and gets me, and they say, uh, Pastor Rob, we're so glad you're here. We love having you around. We need you to leave the facility. This is Drew's time. I said, well, I need to be here. I've been Drew's chaplain for the last 11 years. If this is Drew's time, I mean, how dare he not include me? He said, no, you need to get out of here. 
I come to find out, I've been around the team for years, I didn't really even know this, but after practice, Drew goes into a room and he would have all these practice moments. He would go back through the playbook. He would be memorizing the playbook. Then he would come out and nobody would be in that facility and he would mentally walk through the playbook on the field. I think with vintage worship on, on, the, on the loudspeakers. Man, I, I challenge myself. I mean, that's for a football game. Are we meditating on the word? Are we, are we really diving in? I've learned this from Pastor Dustin. Knowing the truth. I, I use his points all the time. They think I'm brilliant in Pittsburgh. They have no idea who's been my ghostwriter for years. Y'all, y'all have no idea how many sermons he's written for me. Knowing the truth requires constant observation. Faithfully we look. Remember this equip night? Deep examination. Passionately we dig. Spirit illumination. Supernaturally we find. Personal application. Humbly we obey. Come on, shout down your lead pastor. Say amen. amen. That's it. Meditate on it. All right, number three, pray it, pray it. I've never been fully diagnosed, but I think I have ADD. And I just can't seem when I pray to just, I immediately, like like last night I didn't really sleep hardly at all. I'll just be honest because there was some script that I like pre-planning with sermons, but some I like to just flow. I probably did a little too much flow before today's sermon. So last night, my mind was in what I'm preaching. Couldn't turn off because I'm distracted. For me, with prayer, if I don't have something to guide my prayer, man, I start thinking about the things I need to get done and this and this and this and this. So one of the things that has always been a blessing in my life is prayer through Scripture. As we climbed out of COVID up in Pittsburgh, I preached a 15-week series on the Psalms of Ascent. And we practiced the cultivation of praying the Psalms. We even had a prayer night. And the only thing we did on that prayer night is we prayed through all 15 Psalms of Ascent. And God's Spirit poured out. Listen, prayer, as John Wesley shares, is where the action is. It's where the action is. You're going to start seeing it if you watch us up in Pittsburgh. God has called me as we launched two locations in Pittsburgh. One of our locations, our city location, has narrowed more into our ministry center work where we're loving on uh, those who are homeless and struggling with addiction. And, and God really called us in this COVID season to more press in and minister there and to only do worship at our other location. Well, I've been really confused and I've not really known what to do. And God keeps telling me, exactly, that's where I want you, Rob. Keep staying clueless. I'm not asking you to be strong. I'm asking you to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And God really spoke to me, and he actually led me to read a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala, which is the whole start of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church up in Brooklyn, New York. It's one of the books that God used to call me to plant vintage originally. 
And as we reemerge ourselves up in Pittsburgh, we're going to relaunch that location with a weekday, weekly night of prayer. And we're just going to pray. We're going to ask for God to do what only He can do. Well, that's not random. Anybody else willing to admit, don't raise your hand, you struggle praying? Bible reading and prayer. Soak in the Word. Let the Word, even as you go, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Just that alone would guide my, my thoughts and my prayer. Oh God, please give me the strength today to devote my whole heart, whatever that looks like, and I know right now I'm not giving you my whole heart, so that leads me to repentance. God, I'm going to pray and ask for your forgiveness because I know I'm not focused on you. You see how just very quickly, as I read one verse, it starts to ebb and flow my words to God because God's speaking to me through his word. We got to pray it. But lastly, we got to live it. Or we got to walk it. I walk it out, I walk it out, I walk it out, I walk it out. Y'all know I got to get a little dance on every now and then. I've stopped saying some rap songs because I learned the rest of the rap songs and I almost got fired a couple times for quoting some rap songs. Uh, we got to live it. I, I hope you can't help yourself. I hope that as you read it, as you meditate on it, as you start to pray it, you start to build up within this like expectation, anticipation, like, whoo, man, God, that's what that's your promise? That's what you told me to do? You you mean I'm going there? And there's this walking out moment to Bible reading and prayer. I have found over the years that when I truly devote myself to God's word and to spend time in God's presence, God always calls me out. He never leads me to deeper just hum. He always moves me. He moves me. Because can we be honest? Talk is cheap. I can tell my wife, tell them blue in the face, I love you. Our kind of thing is that old Timberland song. Love to love to love ya. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's always been our thing ever since I was in high school. Like, love to love to love. I love to love to love you, babe. She's my honey bun. I love her. Turning 40 this September. Mine is all get out. I could sing to her, I could talk to her, I could tell her. How many of y'all will admit in relationships here? It's a whole other thing if I actually act upon it. That's when I really show her. Words matter, but action affirms, confirms. We got to live it out. You know, there's some amazing things, and I'm going to you know, walk through these quickly, but um, one of the ways in which we can live it out, look at these practical points, and then I want to bring our time to a close. How do we cultivate the habit 
of Bible reading and prayer. I love what Pastor Dustin has shared with all of us is we, we go deep, right? So that we can go wide. I love that. We got to retreat and we got to get in the word. And, and then as we get in the word, man, you guys are going to be challenged to be generous with the word. You're going to be challenged to go and live the gospel, right? Well, here's some practical things. Identify what you will read in Scripture. Now, God has done this to me a couple times where I've just like, you know, open up God's Word and boom. Everything in it is amazing. You're never going to be disappointed, okay? But sometimes you just do this, you find yourself in Habakkuk. There's a lot of good stuff in Habakkuk. I actually just preached on Habakkuk uh, this past week at camp. There's a lot of stuff about vision and different things, but it'd be a good idea. Strategize a little bit. Make yourself a commitment. I'm going to walk through the Psalms of Ascent. I'm going to go into a recommendation from your pastors and from your church, and I'm going to, I'm going to walk with this. Um, please don't be also. I mean, I, I, I wanted to mention this earlier because it's been kind of my stick. Like, There's so many people like, oh, I want to go deep. I want to go deep. I want to go deep. Um, every sermon series that Pastor Dustin leads you in, if the only scripture you're getting is this moment when he preaches, it, it's so funny. The people that have left me and my church because I'm not deep enough. I need, a, I need deep. I need deep. You're, you're a kid. You, you should be a grown-up. It'd be so weird if I had to change Bolt's diaper this morning as a 13-year-old. It'd be so weird if last night as he's enjoying gumbo, hey, here you go, buddy. Here you go. Let me, let me feed you. He'd go running. But when it comes to the word and stuff, we're like, every Sunday, feed me, pastor. Feed me. You know how impossible it is for Dustin to be the pinnacle of your faith every Sunday to everybody? This should be the starting point. So if you guys are in Acts... You pick up Acts and read it along with the sermon series. Just watch how it pops. Watch how amazing it is. So we got to identify, determine your goal. Be a really good idea if you're just getting into this. Avoid Habakkuk. Just words of wisdom from Pastor Rob. All right, go to the Gospels. Read the narrative of Jesus. Like, like go, go to one of the epistles. Go and read uh, Psalm and put a goal in place. Don't, don't beat yourself up. I'm, I'm kind of this weird OCD also side. I had to fix a row back there. It was crooked as I came in. I've got a chair configuration issue. And, and so same thing. Like sometimes I start Bible reading plans, and if I'm not doing everything perfectly, I just like, oh, no. I missed a day. I didn't read the 17 chapters of scripture that I promised God I would do every day. Don't start with 17. Start with one. Determine your goal. Consider practicing silence and solitude first. Dustin's given us so many resources over the years with that. Be still before the Lord. Now, maybe read scripture and then be still. Let the word of God speak. Also, can we just be honest? Keep coming to church in person. One of the real pandemics in the world today is a pandemic of isolation. So 
actually maybe practice one of the coolest moments I don't remember. We went up north to like a monastery or something. I don't know where we went. Dustin found some crazy place. And uh, we couldn't talk for like 24 hours. Do you know how hard that was for me? Like we had to sit around a meal and look at each other. But he, he was teaching us in that moment, practicing salt, but we were doing it in community. There was accountability there. The amount of times he was like, Pastor Rob's going to get us kicked out of this monastery. Right? Like, let's do it in the community, but silence and solitude. Consider prayer journaling. One of the great things that's happened in COVID for me is this has actually become something that has become a part of my life. My prayer journal is my counselor. Also getting some real counseling. How about this? Remember the point of being with and hearing from God. At the end of the day, sometimes I've found this, especially when I ask God for these divine appointment moments. This is what I do. I, I get so frustrated because God doesn't answer my prayers right away. And if I can just remind all of us what God does sometimes, God sometimes doesn't give us the answer because the win for him is that you're seeking him. The win for him is that you're absolutely in Bible reading and prayer asking him to provide and he's like i'm not gonna give them the answer because they're gonna be like a kid at christmas they're gonna take the present and then leave me so i'm just gonna hold back on answering this because look at how they're pursuing me he longs to be with you i hope you would long to be with him as we close um i want to give you a practical picture of how God moves through Bible reading and prayer in my own life. And I want to pray and believe in Jesus' name that that would happen for each and every one of you. Before I left New Orleans in my home in Lakeview, God challenged me through a mentor of mine who said, Rob, you got a great vision for your church. What is your vision for your home? I was like, oh. To love God and love people. That's not enough. So what specifically are you designing up from God for your home? And so I was challenged to write a Wilton family manifesto. And then with a local artist in our church, we put together this Wilton family manifesto. Now you can't see it on the screen, but below there's actually six houses there. Mine's black and gold. Annabeth's purple. It's shotgun houses. And me and Annabeth, that's my family there. Look at Mac. I mean, he gets those weird faces from his daddy. And, uh, and, and so this is like literally a year before we moved to, to Pittsburgh, maybe two years. And Annabeth and I, for two months, work on this Wilton Family Manifesto. And we start asking, what are the verses of Scripture that minister to us the most? What's resonating in our hearts? What do we want to see our kids live out? And so we wrote this, and, and you can see it on the screen. It says, we are a family that has been loved by Jesus in order to love like Jesus so that the world will know Jesus by our love. Together, we remain thankful for his love, faithful in his love, and generous with his love. Where do we get that? 1 John 4.19, Deuteronomy 6.5, Galatians 5.14. And I'm so thankful for that. 
the, the practice of it. This, I want you to know, as we moved to Pittsburgh, became a centerpiece in our house. And with all the craziness of what God called us to, can I tell you what my number one mission is? That home. Guys, leaving you guys, I mean, I always still say this at this church. It sucked. I, I hated it. <laughs> God called me, but I hated it. It was the hardest thing I ever did leaving New Orleans. And as we stepped up into Pittsburgh, I'll just be honest with you. God did a lot of things really quickly, but true to form in most of my ministry life, it hadn't been the easiest ride. And all the way through, I wish I could tell you and give you illustrations of the amount of attacks, forget the church, that have been on my home. So Annabeth and I, in the home that we live in, we have these stairs that we all live on the top floor and we go down the stairs towards the kitchen and Annabeth and I decided on the wall as the kids come down the steps, we wanted our kids to read and see the Wilton Manifesto every day because we recognized that we were on mission, we recognized that we were a threat to the enemy, we recognized that our kids when they went to school they were going to hear a whole lot of other missions that people were going to try and influence them in another direction. And people twist truth. <laughs> I hope there's not an owner here, but there's a coffee shop downtown called Gospel Coffee. Got a hotel down there, and they're on the back of the shirts it says, uh, we're filled with the Spirit. I don't think, Mark, they're talking about the Holy Spirit there. <laughs> you can twist truth. And there's a whole lot of people out there in the world today wanting to twist truth. And so knowing that those attacks are coming constantly to my kids and to my family, I can't afford. I can't afford to just wait and react. No, I got to act. And I got to put God's word as the centerpiece for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want those supernatural moments, but they won't happen without the foundation of God's word and prayer in my household. And so even in the midst of all the challenges and all the struggles and all the attacks, can I just celebrate with you something that happened in COVID? Check out this next picture. My princess, Carolina McCall, trusted in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Can I just tell you, God can do whatever he wants to do. But those types of things, if you want those to happen in your life, they won't happen without the word of God and prayer to God being at the centerpiece of all that you do. My daughter's been walking downstairs and as she's learned how to read, been reading the Wilton Family Manifesto. We've been praying it. And I believe that God's word will never return void. And in and through that, she trusted as Jesus Christ, her Lord and Savior. Look at the next picture, just so you see the whole family. We were so excited. It's one of the only times I've never seen our kids fight. You know, they're, they're finally, Mac and Burke are so happy there. We're so proud of sister. In the middle of COVID. When our family was under attack. 
the foundational Bible reading and prayer deep became a ministry that goes wide. Everyone stand your feet. can't believe Dustin only let me preach an hour. I asked him, I was like, why don't we just, between the two services, I'll just keep going. Let him walk in. I'll redo an introduction. We'll, I'll preach for three hours. I've been missing preaching on this stage. How many would say you want to experience and accomplish great things for God? With every head bowed and every eye closed, now, if you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor Rob, I make a commitment in this moment right now to put as my foundation Bible reading and prayer. Because if you want that divine appointment this week, it's going to require you better get in the Word of God. There's a chance you might miss it. So don't miss it, church. Put your roots down. Stop attending vintage. Join vintage. Stop skimming through the word. Get in the word. Don't be random with your prayers. Be systematic with it. And then walk it out. And watch how when you read through the Psalms, God connects you with his Psalms in the city. And God uses you in a powerful way for his kingdom and for his glory. And so, Lord Jesus, once again, we rejoice that people have been changed by the gospel today. And God, we rejoice in the name of Jesus as we have heard from you this important reminder about the foundation of our life, which is to dive deep into your word, to seek you with our whole heart. And God, may you, out of that foundation of diving deep into the word of God, multiply us out for your kingdom and for your glory. Let's continue to sing and worship and pray.